Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hello, and how are you today? It is Sam here with the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast and excited to be coming to visit with you today about a topic that I'm calling in sickness and in health lessons from Blue Jays. First, though, I just want to say that we live in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is part of the Twin Cities, if you're not familiar, and Minneapolis and St. Paul are separated by the Mississippi River, and we live on the St. Paul side. And wow, the river right now from all of the snow melting and from the spring rain, the Mississippi River is rising and it's been continually rising for about five days now. And our place is right on the river and we can see the river (laughs) rising every day. And they have the road closed off alongside the river And there's predictions that the road is going to flood. And so every day it's just wild. I'm watching huge trees with huge root ball systems just float down the river with like a crazy amount of speed because the river is so high. It's so fast. And there's just so much debris. It's really cool to watch Mother Nature, but it's also really humbling to realize the power that Mother Nature has. And I think for the most part, it's going to flood in a way where it's going to flood the roads and the roads are blocked off. So I think we're going to be safe. It's not like how some people have experienced a flood and, you know, it it actually like destroys their home. I don't think we're going to get to that level, but it is a little bit concerning, but also really beautiful to watch and kind of remarkable how fast the river is rising and just the beauty of that and the intensity of that. It's been my free entertainment for the past week. So that's happening here. And so what kind of sparked this podcast today is that today I was at the dog park and I went over the lunch hour and it was a super nice, really sunny and beautiful day. And this dog park that I go to, it's one of many, but it's in the woods. So even though it's still in the city, it's filled with like a lot of marsh and some ponds and it has a lot of pine trees and forest and wildlife. So even though it's in the city, it feels a lot farther away than it is. It feels really restorative for me. And it's a pretty big area for the dogs to run and play. And also not a lot of other dogs or humans were there. It was kind of a quiet day. And so we were walking on this one part of the trail. We were heading on the trail on my left on the edge of the greenery or the, the, the bushes that are, I guess, not super green yet, but they're budding. I see this really big, pretty blue jay. It was on a bush ahead of me. And then as I got closer to it, it flew a little bit further away into more brush and to more trees, but it was still within sight. 
And then as I proceeded to walk a few steps up the path, I then looked down on the ground and there was another blue jay just sitting there. It was not standing on its legs, but it was just sitting. And right away I knew that that is weird and it felt weird because something just seemed wrong with the bird because birds don't really, in a situation like that, on the ground with dogs nearby, a bird would not just sit near the path. And so I pause and I kind of am making the assumption that it's probably hurt or sick or injured. And it just, it wasn't walking or moving at all. And for some reason, my dog, who was off leash, because this is an off leash dog park, did not see the bird sitting on the ground. And I'm so glad because honestly, I was really nervous that my dog was going to go up to it and kill it. But for whatever reason, I think my dog was just more obsessed with the salmon treats in my hand and in my pocket. So it didn't see the bird. And so as I kind of kept distracting my dog, Sequoia, with these salmon treats, I just sat there close to it, but a little bit farther up the path, just trying to contemplate what I should do. So all of these thoughts are running through my head. And some of them included like, okay, do I call the animal sanctuary? We have like a bird rescue here that I think you can take birds to. And then I just found myself wondering about like, is it really my place as a human to intervene with nature in this case? But I also was worried and concerned that if I left the bird, that because it was so close to the path and this is an off-leash dog park, that the bird was going to be hurt or harmed by other dogs. But also because I have my dog and even if I were to put my dog on leash, I know my dog would not be calm around the bird. I know it would want to like try to eat the bird or play with the bird. And so then I felt like, is this bird going to actually be harmed by me if I try to move it further into the woods so at least other dogs can't see it or smell it as easily? But I was just not sure what to do. And, you know, like the thought that I was having is if other dogs came by and I moved it further into the woods, it wouldn't be as likely to be seen or be harmed. Well, so I'm kind of stressed because I really have a heart for this scenario that's happening and I can sense the injury or, you know, something's off. And so I take a step back a little bit closer to the bird just to look at it and observe it. And then the other blue jay that I had initially seen had been in a branch near the other blue jay on the ground, but was still a little bit farther away, probably because the bird still sensed that me and my dog was there. But I don't know if the bird that was flying was a family member or probably a mate. But as I came a little bit closer to the bird and was really just kind of looking at it, and I wasn't super close, but I just came a little bit closer. The other blue jay came closer to the bird and it landed on a branch just above the bird that was not flying. And it felt as if basically this other bird was really trying to protect its loved one. Something about this scenario just had so much resonance with me in the moment. And I am really sensitive. I am an empath. I feel things really deeply. And this scenario hit me 
so deep in my core, I immediately started sobbing. And I thought to myself, oh my God, this is true love. This is what in sickness and in health means. And I had this thought like, you know, if we're lucky enough to keep living long enough that the loss of our loved ones is inevitable in life. This is going to happen. You know, sometimes we don't know how we're going to pass into the the next life and we don't know how our loved ones are going to pass. Sometimes it is suddenly, but oftentimes one person or the other is going to be caring for someone else or going to be the one that is receiving care. And I just feel that, and this has been said before, but the deep grief that we feel with this loss is really just proportionate to the love we feel and the connection that we had with that person. And when a person in a family or in a partnership gets injured, or in this case, a blue jay, and when we fall ill, we all eventually will have to let go of that person in physical form. We don't have to let go of their essence or of the memory or of their, you know, spirit, but we have to let go of the attachment that we had and the connection that we had in the form that we had it on earth as a physical being. I think, I mean, I could almost just start crying again right now. I think that this message hit me extra hard right now because both my parents and my partner's parents have both had various health issues and some serious health events in the last few years. And so, you know, it's just the the time in my life that I'm realizing not only my own mortality, but that we're at the age where we are caring for parents and that, you know, our parents are, they're strong and resilient, of course, but also that they're more fragile in many ways than they used to be. And it wasn't lost on me that these years ahead may be really hard on them if and when they lose each other or, you know, if they start to get sick and one is caring for the other. And also that it may be difficult for us to witness that in our parents. And, you know, I'm in my mid-40s. So I am at the age where we are all, you know, if we haven't done that yet, we are going to be caring for our aging and dying parents. And we're starting to have to manage those losses and endure the grief of that loss. And also, as I mentioned, seeing those birds just stirs up an acknowledgement of my own mortality and also like deep feelings of appreciation for my current partner and also just has me feeling and hoping that there's a knowing that if I get sick or ill, that I will be taken care of by a family member, partner, or loved one as I age. And it's just so bittersweet. It's like the most beautiful love to take care of one another in sickness and health, but it's also so bitter. It's so hard to witness pain in others and aging and death. And if you've worked with people who, or, you know, or have been a caregiver of anyone that's sick and dying, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you've sat with a parent or a family member as they have fallen ill or passed, it's, there's something so beautiful about it and something really so hard. And 
you know, right now when I'm not coaching clients, I am an integrative health practitioner. And what that means for me is that I end up sitting with a lot of folks who are really sick and actually passing and in hospice. And I sit with them and families and hold space and witness that process. So on the one hand, it's something that I'm really comfortable with. And and in another way, I feel still so naive and so unprepared for my own family and the people in my life to get sick or pass away. And so it's this really interesting juxtaposition of wondering, I guess, how will I be and how will that go for me? I don't really know how to completely explain this other than I felt like that scenario that day was more than just a blue jay on the ground. It was a message trying to come through and it was definitely meant for me. I'm still alchemizing and integrating what that might be, but it was almost a forewarning or sort of a acknowledgement of what's to come. There's these two beautifully colored birds and this beautiful love and care that I can feel from one bird into the other. And as hard as it is, it's like this reminder that it is inevitable. Like we're all going to pass off of this physical earth plane and we're going to not have our physical bodies one day and that it's really natural and normal and it's the way of things. How am I going to prepare for that if at all? How is that going to serve me to just see it, even though it might be painful to witness our parents struggling and in pain or sick or our partners, or our spouses, or our kids, how do you just sit with that grief, but still acknowledge all of the beauty and normalcy of the cycle of life within that? What's interesting is I went back the next day, just because I go to that dog park frequently, and the Blue Jay was not on the ground in the same place, so I'm not sure whatever happened to it. My hope And what I'm choosing to believe is that it's okay and that maybe it felt better and flew away, but I'm not sure it wasn't there when I came back. I guess my question for you today is if you have ever cared for someone that's ill or if you're a caregiver to someone in your family or if you're actually a caregiver by profession, how do you cope and how do you make things that are potentially horrible and very grief-filled, how can you find the levity in that or the light or the beauty? Whether you're going through that right now or maybe you've went through something like that, what stands out as something that made it tolerable for you? Whether that be other family members, was it your spirituality or your faith? Maybe it was focusing on the beautiful moments and the memories, just wanting to know how you've gotten through loss. And you know, the late Ram Dass, he has a quote that I love, and it says, we're all just walking each other home. And I think what he means by that is, if you're the one that's well, when people aren't well, you're caring for them. And then two, when it's your time, when it's my time, People are there to guide us and love us and walk us through into our next phase of life 
and death. And it's a really beautiful notion just to think about the connectedness of that statement that we're all just in this human life and in this earth plane together, basically trying to do the same things. And we're all born and we're all going to die. And whatever is in between is beautiful and hard. And ideally, this notion that we're all just really here for each other in one way or the other to guide, to teach, to embrace, to love. And I'm going to end there because I think that's a beautiful sentiment to end on. So how are you helping someone walk home or are you being the one walked home? I love you. Thanks again for being with me today. And as always, take care of yourself and take care of each other. And until next time. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one, and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.